بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله العليم الخبير المتقن نظام العالم بلا معين ونصير فسبحان الله الذي حكمته بالغة وعلمه غزير ونعمه واصلة إلى كل صغير وكبير ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في نقير ولا قطمير ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله الذي هدانا بكتاب منير ودعانا إلى الله بالإنذار والتبشير صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه ما دامت الكواكب تسير أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل لن يصيبنا إلا ما كتب الله لنا هو مولانا وعلى الله فليتوكل المؤمنون وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام لو أنكم تتوكلون على الله حق توكله لرزقكم كما يرزق الطير تغدو خماصا وتروح بطانا أو كما قال oh, There's nothing more intimidating for me than to see a clock ticking away in front of me you know, that's the thing that scares me the most because before you get off the ground, you know, time is lost. Okay, so let me compliment Miftah by this brilliant, amazing, profound initiative. And also, I really compliment them on the selection of the topics. Inna Allaha Yuhib. Inna Allaha Yuhib. Wow, that's so amazing. That's so amazing. Speak about who is beloved in the eyes of Allah. Those who aspire to become the beloveds of Allah, for them one mention of their name by Allah is the greatest of joys, is the greatest of feet. So the Messenger وسلم, tells Ubay ibn Ka'b anhu, recite the Quran to me. So Ubay anhu, says, unzil. But how can I read it to you, O Prophet of Allah? It was revealed to you. So the Messenger وسلم, said, No, Allah has told me to listen to the Quran from you. So Ubay says, Has Allah casually said, Listen to it from anyone? Or has Allah specifically mentioned my name? Allahu Samani? Allahu Samani? How do you transmit the, if, the affection? Uh, contained in that expression has Allah mentioned my name and said listen to the Quran from Ubay and the Prophet said yes Allah has mentioned you wow it's the occasion of Khaybar the conquest of Khaybar the banner is in the hand of Abu Bakr anhu. day one there is no victory Day two, the banner is given to Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. There's no infiltration. The Prophet وسلم, says, return the banner to me. Tomorrow I will give the banner to an individual. Allah will grant victory at his hand. His first accolade is that he loves Allah and his messenger وسلم, But over and above that, Allah and his messenger loves him dearly. Umar ibn Khattab anhu said, 
ما تمنيت الإمارة قط إلا ذاك اليوم رجاء أن أكون من يحبه الله ورسوله In my life I never aspired for leadership, for prominence, for a position but that day and the motivation of my aspiration was so that I could qualify for the accolade that the Messenger وسلم, had conferred upon the person who would be the recipient of the banner. But Al-Qawm, we went to sleep. Each man is running his thoughts, his dream, his imagination, his fantasy. They, raise, they rise early in the morning. It's a nail-biting moment. Anxiety is piercing through the roof. They gather in their numbers. Their rows are formed. They stand straight. They raise their heads. In this fear or, or the silence, this passion, this uncertainty. And suddenly in this silent ambience comes the blessed voice of the Prophet piercing through the waves. Where is Ali ibn Abi Talib? Wow, and this was the beauty of Sahaba. So a minute ago, we were almost like rivals for this position. And no sooner it was conferred upon him, they're all happy for him and they say, you deserve it. Wow. That's why Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu said that Allah blessed Ali radiallahu anhu with three qualities. If I were to be given one of that, khayrun li min humurin na'am, then it is greater for me than owning red camels. Number one, tazawujuhu Fatima. Allah had blessed him with the honor of wedding Fatima radiallahu anha, the queen of the woman of Jannah, the beloved of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Number two, Suknahu al-Masjid yahillu lahu ma yahillu lah. Right? Sudda al-abwaab kulluha illa babu Ali. Where all the other doors to the masjid were closed down, but the private entrance of Ali radiallahu anhu was reserved and left open. Akhduhu al-raya yawma khaybar. And he was privileged and given the banner on the day of khaybar. And that was a clear testimony on the prophetic tongue of the Messenger وسلم, that he was beloved to Allah and his Messenger So there we go today in this short address of mine. We're going to speak about how Allah loves those that have tawakkul, those that have trust and reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I often am called in and asked to give some counsel, encouragement and assist a bereaved family who either have lost a near and dear one or going through some turbulence in their life. And uh, I, in, in my, to the best of my ability, I oblige to the request because it's one of the duties of a believer that we mutually encourage each other. So if my brother or my sister is in pain, they need to show up and give moral support. It's not a favor, it's a duty. Inni mu'azzika la anni ala thiqatim min al-khulud, walakin sunnat al-deen. 
فما المعزى بباق بعد ميته ولا المعز ولو عاش الى حين وما الدهر الا هكذا رزيه مال او فراق حبيبي The poet said, إني معزيك, I console you, I comfort you. لا أني على ثقة من الخلود, not because I'm going to live forever and ever, not because I'm here for eternity. وما جعلنا لبشر من قبلك الخلد, أفإمت فهم الخالدون, that we have not ordained eternity for any human. لا على ثقة من الخلود, ولكن سنة الدين. It's the rich teachings of our faith. That we give moral support to people in pain and difficulty. Neither the family of the deceased nor the one consoling will see eternity. That's the rhythm of life. Now, when you're going through a painful moment, sometimes it's really going havoc. There's turbulence in your life. There's a family member that's been diagnosed, your child is rebellious. Your company is retrenching, uh, your marriage is on rocks. Things are really turbulent in your life. And you're trying to make sense of this whole thing. This is an ideal moment for the devil to infiltrate, exploit, create confusion, plant the seeds of atheism and make you have a sense of becoming an agnostic. Because like, where's your Lord? Where's your divine being? What's happening in your life? So it's a very, very volatile situation in your life. And the human at that time is desperate to say something, to read something, to express something, to articulate something. So I often say to people, the thing you need to read and the thing you need to say and the thing you need to verbalize at that time is the verse I recited. هو مولانا وعلى الله فليتوكل المؤمنون. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say unto them lay yusibana. Wow, look at the emphasis. Nothing afflicts us illa but ma that katab Allah lana which Allah has decreed for us. And here again the scholars say something very amazing, right? So Allah didn't say katab Allah alayna, katab Allah lana. If you know Arabic, you'll appreciate. Allah can have multiple meanings. It can mean against you. Like you say, da'awtu lahu, da'awtu alayhi. I prayed for you, I prayed against you. Allah said, katab Allahu lana, which releases a subtle hint that whatever Allah has decreed in the greater happening of things is in our interest. So what do you say at that time? Lain yusibana, nothing afflicts us but what Allah has decreed upon us. He's our guardian, he's our nourisher, he's our sustainer. And it is upon him do we trust and place our reliance. So this is a very effective way. In the latter portion of this ayah, there's an explicit motivation that your trust and your reliance ought to be on Allah. We take it to another tale and a narrative in the Quran, the tale of the Prophet Noah, peace be upon him. So Allah instructs Nuh alayhi salam to build the ark, right? And Allah referred to the nation of Nuh in the Quran as more notorious and more rebellious. 
They were more evil, they were more wicked. Why? Because the, the stay of the Prophet amongst them was for a longer period. So if you're telling someone to do something for five days and they don't oblige, versus telling someone for 50 days and they rebel, surely the latter is more rebellious than the former because the former disciple was told five times while the latter was told 50 times. Well, the Prophet Nuh stayed and repeated himself for nine centuries. Hello, nine centuries. Nine centuries. He stayed amongst them for a thousand years with the exception of 50, which makes it 950 years. So whom adlam wa atgha, they were more evil, more rebellious. Finally, Allah has decreed, now the time has come and the destruction of the nation is going to happen. And Allah tells the Prophet Nuh, and I want to speak a little on the balance between tadbir and tawakkul, and that's the holistic approach of our deen. Our deen is practical, pragmatic, and user-friendly. So when we say rely, we don't say shy away from plan. And when we say plan and strategize, we say don't rely on the strategy. It's important to have, but we need to marry the two in fine balance. I hope they're going to give me some extension here. But we rely on Allah that he'll do it for us. Okay, so Nuh tells his son, Ya kafirin. My word. When we talk that the prophets are tested, we generally limit the trials of a prophet to be poverty, to be illness, to be opposition of the nation. We seldom interpret the trial of a prophet that he had to contend with rebellious children in his own house. Right? We say a prophet was tested. We say Sayyidina Ayyub was ill. We say he went through hardships. His nation opposed him. But rarely do we extend the understanding of the trial of a prophet to say he's dealing with rebellious children. Yaqub was dealing with rebellious children, but he did not excommunicate his children and say, I'm not your father and you're not my son. It's a topic of its own. But in a passing comment, I think, and I say this with the cap of, 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 of the father, being the father of three adolescent kids myself, and I keep on saying this, we need to pray for each other's children because the times in which we live are fairly, fairly turbulent. What they say in English, just when you realize your dad was correct, you have a son in your house who thinks you're incorrect. Like you go through this whole phase of life and then you come at the end and you say, oh, my dad was wise. He was calculated. All his words are ringing back. Oh, man. And your son is like, dad, you don't make sense. Oh, listen, I've just, I've just crossed that hurdle. I've just, I'm just done with that. You know what your granddad told me? I've, I've just got over this here and you're telling me this. Anyway, listen to this. This is a profound analogy. So now Allah tells Nuh, build the ark, he builds. So that is ikhtiyarul tadbir. That's a plan, that's a strategy, building an ark. He builds the ark. Nuh tells his son, Ya ma'ana wa la ma Oh my son, board the ark and do not be with the infidels. I hope the youth here are listening with every vein and, 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 and fiber of their body. Hada wahyun. Hada wahyun. This is the revelation. 
My son, leave your shenanigans, leave your arrogance, come on. The son retorts and resists and challenges revelation. Dad, I will take shelter on the zenith of the mountain. I have a hideout. Myself and my buddies, we know where to hang out and hide out. Listen, drive slow. Dad, relax. I have ABS brakes. No, listen, it's bad. No, no, I have, you know what, Ib, uh, the, I have this, uh, I'll be cushioned with this and I'll be protected with this and I'm safe. Don't worry. I will take shelter on the zenith of the mountain. It will protect me from the floods. This is logic. Challenging divine revelation. The father talking to the son, giving him revelation. The son resisting revelation through the lenses of logic. Comes a wave, separates father and son, and the father sees his son drowning. This is the consequences. The one who uses his logic against Quran and Sunnah. فَمَنْ غَلَبَ عَقْلُهُ عَلَى شَهْوَتِهِ فَهُوَ أَعْلَى مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَمَنْ غَلَبَتْ شَهْوَتُهُ عَلَى عَقْلِهِ فَهُوَ أَدْنَى مِنَ الْبَهَائِمِ Allah created angels and doubted them with intellect. Allah created animals and trenched within them base desires. That's the world of the wild. That's the rule of the wild. One thrives on the other. One exploits the other one. One preys on the other. اب تو درندوں سے نہ حیوانوں سے در لگتا ہے کیا زمانہ ہے کہ انسانوں سے در لگتا ہے خوریزی کا یہ عالم ہے کہ خدا خیر کرے اب تو مسلمانوں کو مسلمانوں سے در لگتا ہے Now we live in a time you don't fear the predator you fear the human next to you The one So Allah has created the angel with intellect He's created the animal with the dominant ingredient of desires. It's a life of desire. Just enjoy. You study wildlife and you'll see. It. It's just party. It's just merrymaking. It's just indulge. You're the dominant male here. This is, this is your herd. And then another male comes and this one gets kicked out. And it's a bachelor's herd. I have an eye for wildlife and safari and I, I, you know, it intrigues me. And you just see how it unplays in its natural way. So the dominant ingredient in the animal is desires. And this is how they live. And then Allah created you and I, the paragon of his creation, endowed them with intellect and created with them base desires. Now it's upon them to regulate. If your intellect reigns supreme and you allow that to govern your life, then you have the potential to excel the galaxy of angels. But if you drop down and you allow your base desires to overpower you, then you can stoop so low that you fall below the animal kingdom as well. You can fall below the animal kingdom as well. Amal se banti hai zindagi, jannat bhi, jahannam bhi, ye khaki apni fitrat mein na nuri hai na nari. Amal se banti hai zindagi, jannat bhi, jahannam bhi, it is action that will shape your life. 
this mortal by design is not angelic nor devilish is not angelic nor devilish so we move on so now comes the time of boarding the ark allah tells them to board the ark so the ulama say dalla ala anna mubashara al-asbab al-ma'dhun fiha la yukhalifu at-tawakkul when the floods came allah told nuh hop onto the ark hop onto the ark so the balance is that don't shy don't shun don't avoid don't abandon uh, planning strategy allah said hop onto the ark but the qualifying statement is al-ma'dhun fiha those plans that allah has given you allah said build the ark and when the flood comes hop onto the ark wa inma yukhalifuhu yukhalifu at-tawakkul ikhtiyar al-asbab ghayr al-ma'dhun fiha but that which contradicts tawakkul is the adoption of means for which Allah has not consented. So when the floods came, Allah said, the way out is hop onto the ark. And that's what Allah consented. But the son of Nuh, known as Kan'an, he took refuge on the mountain. And that went against tawakkul as well. And it went against iman as well. So the balance between the two is that you adopt the means that Allah has allowed us to adopt, but then your reliance is not on the adoption. When you board the ark and you move in, and this ark was sailing through, right? as it was moving by the command of Allah and there was this massive floods. You know what floods? Allah says, my word. We open up the floodgates of the heaven and we cause the springs of the earth to gush forth. Water from above and water from beneath met at a common point with a common agenda and that was annihilation and destruction this is the verse of the quran in the 27 Jews. allah says so at that time bought the ark so the message is our reliance is on allah we adopt the means we move on to the third one sayyidina yaqub alayhi salatu wassalam when he tells his children to go to the king unknown to him and his children that the ruler of the time was who the ruler of the time was their brother and his son but now they're making a presence they're the children of, of a father they're well attired they're well dressed they're impressive maybe like the wahid brothers mashallah may allah bless them may allah accept their endeavors may allah keep them with unity and goodness may allah bless you all so the father said to his children Ya bani yala tadkhulu min babin wahid wadkhulu min abawabin mutafarriqah Listen my children you're going to come to Egypt and you're going to present before the king of the time This is just a desire in my heart Don't enter from a common door Camouflage, disguise, some from here, some from there And the scholars of tafsir say unanimously the strategy of Yaqub for his children was to protect them against the potential evil eye 
because these are common children clad in a common dress, beautiful in their appearance, stunning in their physique, impressive in their demeanor, speaking a foreign language, coming from a foreign land, and they're going to come and they're going to attract extraordinary attention. And inadvertently or deliberately, someone might cast an evil eye. And al-ainu haqqun, it's a reality. Person makes an evil eye, that person can become ill or unwell, etc. So he says to his children, لا تدخلوا من باب واحد Don't enter from one door. وادخلوا من أبواب متفرقة But enter from different doors. Now, look at, look at, this is erudite, this is learned, this is divine. He gives them the tadbir. وَمَا أُغْنِي عَنْكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ وَمَا أُغْنِي إِنِ الْحُكْمُ إِلَّا لِلَّهِ عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتْ وَعَلَيْهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُتَوَكِّلُونَ Oh my word. Look at the balance of the deen. He says, listen, this is my strategy. But my strategy cannot avert your fate and your destiny. So in my heart, this is my desire. Let's try, let's hope, let's see. You go, you go this way, that way. But if Allah has decreed something, my strategy cannot avert it. You know, there's the poem, it's a long poem in Arabic where the father says regarding his son, تَخَافُ الرَّدَى نَفْسِي عَلَيْكَ وَإِنَّهَا لَتَعْلَمُ أَنَّ الْمَوْتَ وَقْتٌ مُؤَجَّلُ فَلَمَّا بَلَغْتَ السِّنَّ وَالْغَيَّةَ الَّتِي كُنْتُ أُؤَمِّلْ جَعَلْتَ جَزَائِي غِلْظَةً وَفَضَاضَةً كَأَنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْمُنْعِمُ الْمُتَفَضِّلُ Oh my word. Oh my son, تَخَافُ الرَّدَى نَفْسِي عَلَيْكَ وَإِنَّهَا لَتَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْمَوْتَ وَقْتٌ مُؤَجَّلُ my heart as a father wanted to insulate you, buffer you, protect you, cushion you. But I also know, وَإِنَّهَا لَتَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْمَوْتَ وَقْتٌ مُؤَجَّلُ Your time is decreed. I won't able to divert the angel of death. What am I going to do? فَلَوْلَا إِذَا بَلَغَتِ الْحُلْقُومِ وَأَنْتُمْ حِينَ إِذٍ تَنْظُرُونَ وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْكُمْ وَلَكِنْ لَا تُبْصِرُونَ فَلَوْلَا إِنْ كُنْتُمْ غَيْرَ مَدِينِينَ أي مجزيين تَرْجِعُونَ 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 If you think you will not be retributed, why don't you chase the angel of death away and say, wait, just not now, move away. Give me some time and grace and respite. So I know I cannot change the angel of death. I cannot alter your life. But then I'm a father also. So I cannot rest till I don't give you the best advice. Wow, this is just fatherhood. Anyone who's a parent or a mother will know exactly. So the mother of Musa puts Musa السلام, in the basket by the command of Allah. And she knows that Allah will deliver on his, her promise, but she's a mother. وَقَالَتْ لِأُخْدِهِ قُصِّي وَقَالَتْ لِأُخْدِهِ قُصِّي فَبَصُرَتْ بِهِ عَنْ جُنُبٍ وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ She told her daughter, the sister of Musa, you walk on the side and just observe what happens. Where does this basket go? And then تَلْعَبُ بِهِ أَمْوَاجُ النِّيلِ The waves of the river Nile are playing with it. وَفِرْعَوْنُ يَتَنَزَّهُ عَلَى سَاحِلِ النَّهَرِ and Fir'aun is strolling and he's looking at this little box playing and floating in the water. And he said, Ilayka hadha sunduk, or bring this here. And they bring it and then they open it up 
and my word. You say, but he's so sweet. He's so adorable. He's so lovable. Allah says, وَأَلْقَيْتُ عَلَيْكَ مَحَبَّةً مِّنِّي Nobody could dare touch you, Moses. I had cast my love on you. I had put my beauty. وَأَلْقَيْتُ عَلَيْكَ مَحَبَّةً مِّنِّي وَلِتُسْنَعَ عَلَىٰ عَيْنِي أي وَلِتُرَبَّ عَلَىٰ حِفْظَتِي so the point I'm saying here is Allah then said Ya'qub was learned Ya'qub was learned because we taught him and the scholars say what's the analogy here that he understood that tadbir is not muathir by itself a plan does not reign supreme if I have put a plan in place that means all is done and concluded no no he adopted his strategy because that's his fatherly sentiment, right? It was uh, It was a desire, it was an aspiration. As a parent, you get this intuition. I mean, it has happened to me so many times. On a recent trip, I was in uh, a neighboring island in, from South Africa in Mauritius with my wife on a lecture tour. And I completed the lecture tour and I just had a twinge in my heart. And I'm telling my wife, I think our young son Talha is not well. Something is not right. And you, you just get this fatherly or motherly feelings. This is how Allah has made us. This is how parents are. And through to the word, I phoned and then, you know, he was unwell and he had to be rushed to a medical facility. But alhamdulillah, he is recovered and stabilized. So this was the condition in the heart of Yaqub. But the key thing between the two is Allah referred to him as Ladhu Ilmin. He's learned, he's knowledgeable, he's erudite. Why? Because he understood the balance between Tadbir and Tawakkul. I'll leave you with the last reflection in this regard. So it is the journey of Hijrah, right? And the Messenger وسلم, is traveling by night. And the intelligence of the infidels is out to intercept him. And there is the price of 100 camels to apprehend the Messenger And Abu Bakr is given this honor and this privilege to travel with the Messenger He gets the note, Nabi comes and he says, Come Abu Bakr, we need to go. from my beloved that is coming to visit me. So I just seen my, my eyes welled up with tears and it just started trickling down. I was ecstatic. It was a euphoria. I was in jubilation. Out of my extreme joy, I started crying. تَبْكِينَ مِنْ فَرَحٍ وَمِنْ أَحْزَانِ Oh, I, what's the matter with you? You just choose to cry, be it grief or joy. So Abu Bakr goes, someone said to Umar ibn Khattab, Wallahi anta khayrun min Abi Bakr. Oh, Umar, people rave about Abu Bakr radiallahu. My personal opinion is you're greater than Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. If somebody tells me, I'm like, brother, what did you say? Sorry, the brother has something to say. Right? I want to amplify my sentiments. I want to amplify. 
And what did Umar ibn Khattab say? No, 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 no. You're not going to deceive me. One night and one day in the life of Abu Bakr is greater than Umar. This is my last analogy and I'm going to wrap up on this note here. And this is my message. Allah loves. Understand, Allah loves you. What do you need? I mean, Allah praises the prophets in the Quran. Oh, we gave David a son by the name of Suleiman. Oh, what a great person. Oh, what an amazing man. Oh, how awesome. Oh, we tested Ayyub. We found him to be very perseverant. He's a good man. He's a great man. He's an amazing man. The world can call me great and the world can call you great. It buys us no time, no airtime. But if Allah says, abd, you are amazing or you are amazing, my sister, we lack nothing. So Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab said, one day, one night of Abu Bakr is greater than me and whatever and my entire family. Which was the day of Abu Bakr? It was the day when the Prophet وسلم, passed away. And many people became renegade. And hypocrisy was staring us in our eyes. And our mother Aisha radiallahu anha said, My word, this thing baffles me. The noble companions appeared to be like wet sheep in a forest infested with predators. It was my dad. Rahimahullah. لقد نزل بأبي ما لو نزل بالجبال الراسيات لها ظها والله ما اختلفوا في نقطة إلا طار أبي بخطلها وعنانها وفصلها My dad took control. He came forward. He stabilized. He rescued. He was matured. He was calculated. He turned the page. He said, Muhammad وسلم, has moved on. Man kana ya'budu Muhammadan falya'lam anna Muhammadan qadmat. Wa man kana ya'budu Allah fa inna Allah hayyun la yamud. That day and the unwavering conviction of Abu Bakr on that day put my entire life and family on one scale. It will pale before the commitment of Abu Bakr. And then was the night of Abu Bakr. And that is when they got into the cave. And they are in the cave. And the enemy inches forward. And Abu Bakr sensed a sense of fear, panic. And the Prophet said, Ma dhannuka ya Abu Bakrin bi'ithnaini Allahu thalithuhuma. Abu Bakr, what's the panic of those two, the third of whom is Allah? Having comforted Abu Bakr that Allah is with us, he didn't exit the cave. He didn't abandon the tadbir. He didn't say Allah is with us, so let's walk out. He said, he didn't place the reliance of Abu Bakr on the cave. He said, Allah is what? How do you translate this? He was one of the two when he said to his companion, don't grieve, Allah is with us. But the balance was, he impressed on Abu Bakr to place his reliance on Allah, but he kept his plan in place. فَقَدْ ظَلَّ وَمَنِ اعْتَمَدَ عَلَى سُلْطَانِهِ 
فقد ذل ومن اعتمد على عقله فقد اختل ومن اعتمد على الله فلا ضل ولا قل ولا ذل ولا اختل